coming. It's that time again when the freaks start to crawl out of the woodwork. They come together in one place. For one purpose. So beware. Unless, of course, you're one of them. Horrorhound Magazine and Horrorhound Weekend. Find out more information by going to Horrorhound.com or Horrorhoundweekend.com. If you dare. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! Everybody. Hi, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 27, and tonight, the time has finally come. It's time to reveal the winner of the Scream Queens Lifetime Achievement Award. <sighs> Who's it gonna be? I'm not telling you now, you gotta wait till later. But this ceremony is so fantabulous that it's gonna take up this whole episode. And I think you're gonna like it. So don't sit back, don't relax, cause it's time to scream right after this promotional trailer. Zombie! Perforating that dude. Perfor. I don't wanna hear you say he's perforating that dude ever again. Perforate dudes on your own time. Zombie! Okay, what are you selling? She's like, I'm selling magazine subscriptions. I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't want to buy any magazines. She's like, okay. So she reaches down to her cleavage and pulls out a joint, and she's like, want to celebrate 420? And I'm like, yes, I do. Zombie! Plumpkin head, you just don't want to see through his eyes when he's doing <laughs> no. it. It's just not good. See it in 3D. That'll buy you one heck of a Blumpkin. As soon as we announced the title, Dave was just like, oh, Blumpkin Head. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure we'll be making fun of it. That New Jersey hooker gave me a Blumpkin and a scorching case of gentle warts for only $3.62. Wow. That's a pretty good deal. Drunken Zombie, lowering standards across the nation every fucking show. And remember, if you're looking for high-class podcast quality, head over to drunkenzombie.com. Massive. Hey, everybody. Uh, wow. Uh, before I go any further, I just got to comment on the trailer. Um, well, th- I, I don't even know what to say about that. You guys, I'm talking to the guys at Drunken Zombie right now. You, you just reduced yourself to Blumpkins. I mean, that's all he talked about, were Blumpkins. And if you're out there and you don't know what that is, don't even ask. It's disgusting. Go listen to them. It's all I talk about, apparently. You guys are better than that because you know I love you guys. Even though I yell at you all the time and I'm kind of yelling at you right now. you better than that. Okay, Daddy's turning off right now. And Queenie's turning on. Hi, everybody. Oh, my God. I missed you so much. Oh, man. It feels like, I've, it feels like it's been forever since I put out a show. 
And I don't like that feeling because I've just I've just been itching to been telling you stuff, itching to been telling you stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited I can't even talk right. Well, what's been going on? Oh my God, there's been so much stuff. I don't even know where to start. So I'll just start with last night. <clears throat> well, first of all, before I get into last night, first of all, I wanted to thank everybody. Again, for all the well wishes for Mr. Brad and I in round six of whatever this nonsense was. Uh, right after I finished that last episode, the day after, I woke up with 101 degree fever. So this bullshit was never ending. It seems to be kicked now. Knocking wood. And and I'm going to give the credit to all you guys. All the love you showered upon us made us complete again. And hopefully this will be the end of all this sickness nonsense. Because it's finally warming up. We're not having any more blizzards. And can I just tell you, all right, sidebar, I am so pissed at everybody in my neighborhood because we, as you know, as I've complained about, I'm sure you've heard on the news, we had a fuckload of snow. And it wasn't just snow. We'd have ice storms on top of the snow. So you'd have like three feet of snow and then it would rain on it. And now it's just this big solid block of ick. And I don't know, I guess everybody in my neighborhood decided it snowed, we can't clean up after our dogs anymore. So... Everybody just left the poop on top of these three inch, you know, three foot high mounds of snow. And so, of course, the poop gets rained on and the poop freezes. So now we have poopsicles all up and down the street. And so we're, we're, we're treated to looking at your dog's feces for weeks because they're not going anywhere. And if this isn't bad enough, once the snow started to melt, you know, it wasn't just like all of a sudden you had a little poop. You know, now they did the frosted and other. No. When poop unfreezes it melts so now you have rivers of liquid poop just running down the streets and i'm dancing around them hopping around like some freaky ass like river dancer on the crack and you know what dog owners of our neighborhood in queens fuck you anyway about last night uh so anyway last night bradford and i got to go to the theater we went to this play called kin k-i-n uh, over which uh, is about to open at playwrights horizon why am i telling you this because i know you don't care Actually, here's why I'm telling you. First of all, the show starts, and within five minutes, we're treated to this monologue. This girl's getting dumped by her boyfriend, who's this college professor, who's also a poet. But before he dumps her, he has to tell her about this poem that he wrote about relationships, in which he described that the vagina is like a revolving door, and the penis is like a staple gun. Now, I don't own a vagina, nor do I plan to have one on staff at any time. But even I was offended by that. Like a revolving door? Ew! But this is not the point of my story. The point of my story happened before the show even started. Well, we get there, and you know, the show's about to start, and they had flashed the light, but then he said, you know what, I gotta go pee. So I get up to pee, and I'm walking up the aisle to get to where the exit is, and I just happen to look over at this guy in profile, and I said, <gasps> That's Professor Snape. And I'm trying to like cut my eye over and I'm like, it's kind of hard to tell because he's got his, he's kind of looking at his program and he had his head turned. I'm like, I don't know. I seem to recognize that profile. I think it's Alan Rickman. And so I went and I peed. I may or may not have washed my hands. I'll leave that up to you to fill in. And when I came back, I snuck another look and I'm like, yep, that's him. So I ran over. I went down to the, 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 the front row where Bradford and I were sitting because we are VIPs. And I said to him, don't make a fuss, but sitting about three rows behind us on the aisle is Alan Rickman. And of course he gives me a blank stare because he doesn't know who anybody is. I said, Professor Snape. Blank stare. 
from the Harry Potter movies. And he goes, oh, stupefy. I'm like, yes, shut up. He's going to hear you. And it actually was Alan Rickman. I was correct because I wasn't sure at first because I didn't only see him on profile. But then I said, you know what? He's in town. He's been in town for months now. He's been out performing at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. And he's been doing a revival of one of the lesser known Ibsen plays called John Gabriel Borkman. Yeah, that's the name of the play. Can you imagine that it wasn't a hit with a name like John Gabriel Borkman? John Gabriel Borkman at the BAM. It's play that no one's seen. And um, so there he was. But as if that wasn't enough, as we were leaving, I had to pee again because it was an hour and 40 minutes with no intermission. I have a bladder. Shoot me. I'm human. And while I'm down there, who is in the men's room but Joel Gray? And if you don't know who he is, fuck you. Too bad. But those who do know, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, it's Joel Gray who's about to be in Anything Goes with Sutton Foster who's in fucking everything. But there he was. And I saw him when I was, he was coming in when I was going out. And it's. Good it worked out that way because had we been in there at the same time, I probably would have bust into the entire opening number to Cabaret uh, right there at the urinal, including choreography. My dominant Herren, mesdames et messieurs, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world famous Kit Kat Club. And I'll be like dancing and swearing. It would have been bad, but it didn't happen. So that's a celebrity sighting for the week. And last Sunday, I had the honor of, I got to perform with a select members of the Gay Men's Chorus as part of a fundraiser benefiting a project called Believe Out Loud, uh, which is run by an, an Episcopal organization called Intersections, which is about promoting a more inclusive religious experience for gay and lesbian people of all faiths. Because there's been a hell of a lot of homophobia over time, and it's not really ceasing. And it's time to stop, because we pray too, damn it. So we got to sing a little bit, and we performed with a lesbian chorus called Anacrusis and um, a gospel choir called Lavender Lights, and we caused a little bit of a stir because we're singing in Marble Collegiate Church, which is, uh, I believe, the oldest church in New York City, if I'm not mistaken, and it's beautiful, and it's got perfect acoustics and an incredible place to sing, and everybody was singing sacred music. And so did we, some of the stuff from the Christmas concert. But then we didn't. We did half sacred music. And then our, 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 our conductor, Charlie, turned to everybody and said, I realize everyone, he's from, he's from London, he's like, I realize that everyone else has been singing religious music, but we are the New York City Gay Men's Chorus, and this is when we get cheeky. And we did, because then we bust into Girls Just Want to Have Fun and Son of a Preacher Man. And honestly, we didn't know if people were going to be offended or not, but nobody was. Everybody was clapping along and singing. And um, if anybody had anything bad to say, they didn't say it to me, which is fine, because I had cocktails to have. Oh, I also got to go to a screening of an independent horror movie called Sweatshop. Uh, it hasn't officially been released yet, but I got to see it through Rich at the Dark Side Horror Movie Meetup Group. Yay, Rich! Yay, Rich! And it was at this neat bar in this back room. It's beautiful set up for us, and, and the movie wasn't good. It's a slasher movie, really low budget. You can see the trailer online. But it takes place at a, 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 it's a rave. Not, not exactly. The, the characters are setting up for a rave. So supposedly there's people coming in an hour, and they're all punks. But it just looked tired, and no, nobody actually seemed to be doing any work. They're setting up for the rave, and apparently that means they drink a lot, they take ecstasy, they dance around, and don't actually do anything set up. And I don't know. It wasn't good. And the killer, he's he was wearing this fur thing. I don't know what it was supposed to be. And a, and a welding helmet. And to me, he looked like the robot monster. And no matter how scary he's trying to be or what horrible things he's doing, he still looks like the robot monster to me. And I'm like, well, where's the bubble machine? Because that would have been awesome. And his weapon of choice was interesting, though, because he apparently was so strong, his murder weapon was an anvil. 
Yeah, like a 500-pound anvil, but not just any old anvil because he's modified it naturally, as serial killers do. Now it's an anvil on a stick. Yeah, he's got an anvil with a handle, and he does some smashing with it. And here's what I have to say about the movie, though, that's great. The effects are gross. They're really well done, and they're gross. And actually, it had the girl who played the lead, the survivor girl, from Spirit Camp in it, and I was excited to see her, but it just didn't go anywhere. It was lots of talk. Lots of really intrusive soundtrack, like the soundtrack was so loud you couldn't hear the dialogue, and then there was too much dialogue of the wrong kind of dialogue, but I do applaud the independent filmmaker. They put this together on the weekends, and you know, I haven't made a horror movie, but you guys did, and that's pretty cool. Um, It got great reviews on on the uh, festival circuit, so I guess if you see it with the right crowd, you're going to have a great time. I had an okay time, but I'm a critical bitch, but that's why you're listening. Am I right? Of course I'm right. So Bradford and I got a new mattress. Now, I know those of you who follow me on Twitter have heard me bitching about this for weeks because, you know, our bed's dying. Shut up. Our bed's, you know, our bed's a wreck. We've had it forever, and it's time to get a new one. And I don't know how it is in the rest of the world, but it seems like everywhere you go here in New York City, they're all sharks. All the people who are trying to sell you beds are sharks. They are constantly steering you towards the $5,000, $7,000 bed and fuck sleepies. I knew going in there that you don't leave without putting a deposit on something. And Brad, I warned Brad, and we still got sucked in. The guy just kept talking and talking and talking and talking. We're trying to have a discussion, like to talk about things. And he just kept talking and talking and talking and talking. And he talked so much, he almost sold us on a bed that when I went home and did research on it, it turned out to be a huge piece of crap. And this ruined me. I'm like, I don't want to look anymore. <laughs> They're all liars. But we finally found someone, Martha at Macy's at 34th Street. You were the best. You were awesome. So we got the new bed, and it is Great. And maybe it's not the most exciting thing in the world, but this has occupied such a huge amount of our life over the past couple of months that to finally have it done and in the house and have it be awesome is, well, awesome. Not to be repetitive, but fuck y'all. It's my show. I can do what I want. Also, I caught a couple of cool things on Netflix. If you have Netflix Instant Key, whatever you know, just find these damn movies. But I saw two documentaries that I thought were great. I saw Cropsy and Catfish. Um... Cropsy is, of course, I'm sure most of you have heard of it. They're, they're investigating the, uh, the Cropsy legend, which actually I didn't even know was an actual thing until a couple of years ago. I thought that the only time I ever heard of Cropsy was from that movie The Burning and, of course, Cropsy Avenue in Brooklyn, but that's something else entirely. But you know, the, apparently on Staten Island, Cropsy is a real thing. Maybe it is in other places of the country. Not a real thing, but... And as they're investigating this legend, they find a real-life case that mimics it a little too closely, and it's a really interesting true crime type of thing. I recommend it. Also, Catfish was great. Catfish looks like it's a found footage film, but it is actually a documentary. The problem is, it's not even a problem. I didn't, it's not a problem. The thing is, they marketed this as a thriller. If you saw commercials for it, it looks scary as hell. And you know what? For a while it is, but in the middle, it takes a turn that if you're not willing to accept, could ruin the movie for you. But I went along with it, and it turns into a whole other, really fulfilling, in a completely different way kind of film. And I think it's masterful. So check that shit out, yo. Oh, and I forgot. I, Stacy, Stacy, my queef on cue girl, I've had your podcast, Creepy Kitsch, sitting in my iPod queue forever, and I completely forgot about it until this week. And I sat down and listened to, I think, episode five, which I know was ages ago, and I loved it. I loved it. You had me at the fuck you of the week. Actually, you had me before that. I, your friend had, when your friend and you were talking about the butter popcorn flavored jelly bellies and she just said well nobody else seems to like them and i love them and if you don't like him go fuck yourself i said i like that girl and i like your show so uh everybody out there check out creepy kitsch and it's spelled k-i-t-c-h so that it rhymes with witch 
Am I correct, Stacey? And you can find a link to it in the link section of ScreamQueens.com. And that's Queens with a Z. You know, we've got a hell of a lot to get to today, so I really should stop talking and just get down to it. I know it's unusual for uh, one segment to take up the whole show, but the reason it took so long for me to edit this whole Scream Queen of the Year thing is that the more I did it, the more intricate I wanted to make it. I discovered I'm a real detailed... When it comes to this podcast, I'm a really detailed-oriented person. And it just needed to be great. And it instead of being a five-minute segment, it's, it's a half hour. And since my schedule is still a little bit hectic, I said, you know, this is enough for this week. And plus, things are slowing down. I've got a whole lot of stuff under the belt to talk to you about in the next couple of weeks. And it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, and also, before we get started with the show, if you haven't already, head on over to the 42nd Street Drive-In podcast and check out episode 5 because I'm guesting on there again and I'm helping them cover the food of the gods, the Herschel Gordon Lewis piece of crap. And uh, I had a lot of fun guesting with him as I always do and you'll have a lot of fun listening to it. So go do it! Oh, and here's the greatest thing. Sean emailed me after the last show because, you know, I played a promo for when I guested with them. The female trouble, and I used that clip of him saying, "The last thing my parents wanted was a son who wears a cocktail dress that glitters." And his wife listened to the show, and she said, "Sean, why did you say that you have an evening gown that glitters?" Scream Queens, the podcast where homes get wrecked. But enough about them. Enough about me. Let's get down to the show right after this incredibly entertaining song. I wish I was a princess. I wish I was. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the time has finally come to announce the winner of the first ever Scream Queens Lifetime Achievement Award. 
Now, some of you have written me and said, Patrick, what exactly does that mean? Who's up for this sort of award? Is it us? Am I up for the Scream Queen Lifetime Achievement Award? After all, I was crowned Scream Queen of the Week. And you're right, you were. And you're wrong. No, this award is for the Scream Queens of the Silver Screen. The ladies of the Gore Street Cinema who have never gotten the kudos that they deserve. And by that, I don't mean those granola bars that they don't make anymore. I mean the applause from the fans, the lines at the horror conventions, and the action figures carved out of their bodies. Yes, I'm not talking about Jamie Lee Curtis. No, I'm not talking about Adrian Barbo. No, am I talking about Linda Blair? No, am I talking about your mama? Yes, I am. But that's behind your back. No, I'm. this is for the unsung ladies out there. Yes, it is time for you to stand up and receive the glorification that you deserve. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This woman has been entertaining us since the 1960s. This woman has elevated the role of the shrieking victim to new heights never before seen. And nobody, and I mean nobody, goes to pieces, cries, and dies like this guy goddess before you now may i present the first ever scream queens lifetime achievement award to miss veronica cartwright oh my god don't you love this bitch i love this bitch <laughs> Well, a lot of you out there may think that she used to be on Lost in Space, but you are wrong. You are absolutely dead wrong. That is her sister, Angela Cartwright. No, 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 no. Sure, Angela Cartwright goes out in space and she hangs out with Dr. Smith and Robbie the Robot. Veronica goes out in space and she gets to fight face huggers and, and slimy ass HR Geiger monsters. Who's kicking ass? Not Angela. No, sir. No, sir. Ooh, danger, Penny Robinson. Danger. Mr. Smith is out of mascara. Please. I know I'll never forget the first time I laid eyes on Miss Veronica Cartwright. When she first stepped foot onto the screen. As a mere child in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. And she bounced right up to Tippi Hendren and she said, Hi! Oh, they're beautiful. They're just what I wanted. Is there a man and a woman? I can't tell which is which. Neither can we, Veronica. Neither can we. Look for an Adam's apple. That's always the dead giveaway. And of course, who could forget later on in the film when not only does she stand up to Jessica fucking Tandy, she totally outs her brother. Totally. I still don't understand how you knew I wanted lovebirds. Your brother told me. Then you knew Mitch in San Francisco. Is that right? Mitch knows a lot of people in San Francisco. Oh, really? Of course, they're mostly hoods. Oh, is that what they're calling them now? Kathy. Well, Mom, he's the first to admit it. Right on, Mitch. You go, girl. He spends half his day in the detention cells at the Hall of Justice. Ooh, nothing like a good prison rape fantasy to spice up the workday. In a democracy, Kathy, everyone is entitled to a fair trial. Your brother's practice... Oh, Mom, please. I know all that democracy jazz. They're still hoods. In other words, shut your face, Miss Daisy. I ain't driving you nowhere. I'm playing the piano. Girl, Jessica Tanny, the first one of the screen goddesses of her time period. You know, screen and stage. You know, Oh, forget it. She, this nine-year-old girl just stood up to a fucking legend and smacked her ass 
down. I looked at her and I said, this little girl can kick some ass. This is going to be fantastic. When these birds show up, she's going to bite the heads off with her little teeth. Well, not so much. Because when the going gets tough, Veronica goes to pieces. <laughs> when, when we got back from taking Michelle home, <laughs> we, we heard the explosion and went, went outside to see what it was. All, all at once, the, the birds were everywhere. <laughs> all at once, she pushed me inside and they covered her. Annie, she pushed me inside. <laughs> It was then that I realized that there was more than just kicking ass to make a scary movie interesting. There was also blubbering. But this girl did not just blubber, she sniveled. Her sniveling was like art. I was hooked. I couldn't wait for more. Unfortunately, I had to wait until 1978 on a rainy Sunday afternoon when my father took me to see the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Now, while Invasion of the Body Snatchers technically starred Donald Sutherland and Brooke Adams, or was it Karen Allen? Or was it Jessica Harper? I don't really know, because all three of those actresses are the exact same person in my head. As a matter of fact, I'm not really sure that they're not the exact same person with three different names. Some kind of conspiracy. But you know what? Are we here to talk about Karen Allen, Brooke Adams, Jessica Harper? No, we're not. We're here to talk about the real star of the movie. No, not the pod people. We're here to talk about Veronica Cartwright who, by the way, likes to be called Vern by her friends, of which, naturally, I am one. I am a friend of Vern. It's kind of like being a friend of Dorothy, but with more crying and hysterics and less barbiturates. So anyway, in this movie, Vern plays the girlfriend of a very young Jeff Goldblum. And let me tell you, Vern and Jeff, the chemistry is just sizzling. It's weird on weird, and I am eating it up with a spoon. They live in San Francisco, see, and they run a bathhouse. Now, you would think in San Francisco, a bathhouse is a very specific kind of thing where specific activities seem to go on, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more, you know what I mean? But apparently there's an actual bathhouse, you know, with like spas and mud baths and saunas and crap. There's not a lube dispenser and a garbage can full of empty popper bottles, but that's not the point right now. Now, she's all like hippie granola. You see her, and she's wearing this kind of shapeless, caftany, sweatery thing, and she's got her hair all done up in these weird sort of kind of, you know, hottie clue meets pippy longstocking meets Oktoberfest kind of braids sitting all up on top of her head. And she seems kind of dippy, you know? And it's not long into the film where they discover a partially formed pod person in the baths. No, I always thought you just had to worry about trolls, but no, there are pod people in the bathhouse. And of course, it's not long before we're having the classic Veronica hysterics. Jack? Oh, Jack, you're gonna suffocate. <laughs> Okay, Jeff, shut the fuck up. Nobody cares about your bloody nose, okay? Veronica is screaming. Don't try to pull focus from Vern. Because you can't. Jack! 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 Jack, wake up! It's eyes. Oh, Jack, it opened its eyes. See, Jeff, I can say this to you because we've studied with the same acting coach and graduated from the same program. You can try as much as you want. You can emote all over the place. You can Google your big eyes as much as you want, but you cannot 
to take a scene from Vern. All she's got to do is scrunch up her face, turn red, start the waterworks, and it's over for you, baby. Anyway, the thing that's great about Vern in this film is that looks are deceiving. Because like I said, when you first see her, she's really dippy. She's frumpy. She's, she, she's just sad looking. As the movie progresses, she gets a little more hip looking. She puts this little like maroon number on. She's got the little 70s bob rocking. And all of a sudden, like, okay. And then you start to realize that she might be crunchy and granola and zippy and dippy. She's actually got this whole thing figured out from top to bottom. All these other people are spitting out hypotheses and theories, but who's always right? Vern. Who could have saved the day? Vern. Who did nobody listen to? Vern. Who was left standing at the end? Vern. Look at. I have seen these flowers all over. They're growing like parasites on other plants. All of a sudden, where are they coming from? Outer space? They're not coming from outer space. Why not, Jack? They're not coming from outer space, Nancy. Why? Well, what are you talking about, a space flower? Well, why not a space flower? Why do we always expect metal ships? Look, there's bound to be other ways they can get into our systems. We would never even notice it, not from the impurities that we have. I mean, we eat junk and we breathe junk. Now, they could start getting into our systems and screwing up our genes like DNA, recombining us, changing us. Of course, this is just the same way those rocket ships landed thousands of years ago so those spacemen could mate with monkeys and apes and create the human race. It's happening now. Okay, she started to lose me with the spacemen and the monkeys and the apes, but you know what? Bitch is right. She'll be listening to Burn. It's happening now. I love the way she says that it. it's a little girl, it's a little pouty girl one. It's happening now. Oh, and by the way, who is it that figures out that the way to get past the pod people is to block your emotions? Do I have to say it? Give me a V! Not that V, ew, no, Vern, not, ew. Nancy, they've got this building surrounded. How did you get in here? I've been wandering among them for hours. They can be fooled. How? Don't show any emotions. Hide your feelings. And who fucks up this plan the second they see a dog with a hobo head? No, not Vern. It was Brooke Adams, Karen Allen, Jessica Harper, bitch. Stupid Brooke Adams, Karen Allen, Jessica Harper, ruin everything. And you know what? This little Karen Allen, Brooke Adams, Jessica Harper bitch is so threatened by the presence of Vern that she's got to go and take her, take her titties out in a PG movie. Be walking around with her titties. Look at me. I'm naked. Everybody look at me. I'm naked. I'm better than Vern. No, you're not better than Vern. Because you turned into a pop person. You crumble, stupid bitch. You know, I said earlier that the only person left standing at the end was Veronica Cartwright. And I lied. She was the only one left unpeapotted. And unfortunately, things don't end well for Miss Cartwright or the human race as a whole. But really, what better way to end a tale of the apocalypse than with a complete apocalyptic emotional meltdown from the queen herself? Matthew? Matthew? You know, Donald, you really should excuse yourself after making a noise like that. Girl, I don't know what taco stand you ate at, but you need to start packing some beano. And it was with this film that Veronica Cartwright, for me, rose into the apex of her glory. Her true calling. The queen of screaming, crying, and dying. She screamed and cried in the burns, but she didn't die. Nobody dies like Veronica Cartwright. It's the whole package. She is the whole package. And not to be outdone by her little shitty sister, Angela, on her sitcom, Veronica said, you know what, I can go to space too. And so she did, with Ridley Scott on the Nostromo. Yeah, it doesn't go well for her there either. Now, of course, we all know and love Alien. And you know, a lot of people pick on Veronica on this, 
movie because oh she's so wimpy she's so blubbery she's this that and the other thing shut the fuck up it's genius besides somebody had to counterbalance all of Sigourney Weaver's butchness and her afro and her angular face her angular I can cut diamonds with my cheekbone face now don't get me wrong Sigourney you know I love you too plus you can kick my ass but it's not about you right now you, you got an Oscar nomination for aliens you've got your cred you've got your accolades now shut up and pull your panties up we can all see your butt crack Cat, please, I am podcasting. Anyway, you know, when they're first coming back to the ship from being in the planet, when that alien craft and, you know, Kane's got the thing on his face and Sigourney Weaver will not let them in. She's like, listen to me. If we break quarantine, we could all die. And Lambert looks up in the camera and goes, would you open the goddamn hatch? We have to get him inside. We got to get him inside. See, there's that little girl pout again. The whining has begun. And of course, what better whining was there than the chestburster scene? As a matter of fact, let's play this one again. Wine along with Lambert. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's my favorite. And I love the fact, apparently, according to the story, that was a completely unsolicited, like, unrehearsed reaction because they didn't tell them what the special effect was. You all know this story. So when the thing, when the alien burst out of his chest, it was all a surprise to them, and, you know, they didn't know where, and the blood just splattered everywhere. But the only person it hit was Veronica Cartwright in the face, causing her to go, oh, God! And we are thankful for that happy mistake. And, of course, when she finally comes face-to-face with that big alien, she doesn't. Does she butch it up? Does she even bother putting up a fight? No. No. She does what she does best. Veronica goes to pieces. And then gets torn in pieces. Yay! So we bid goodbye to another deliciously fragile Veronica Cartwright character creation. Of course, we wouldn't have had to say goodbye to this particular character had Ripley not gone back for that goddamn cat. Now, I know a lot of people criticize Sigourney for that decision, but personally, I think I would have gone back for the cat, too. Because without the cat, how would Sigourney Weaver ever have started her own podcast? Wait, she hasn't started her own podcast? And fuck you! Go save Veronica Cartwright! God! Let's not think about it. Because, you know what? Veronica will be back several years later to take on Jack Nicholson, the devil himself, in The Witches of Eastwick. And oh my god, this one makes me moist. Now, some might say that this film was a bit of a departure for Vern, because, well, yes, she does meet a horrible fate. And yes, she does do a lot of screaming. She doesn't quite go to pieces in the same way that we've come to know and love. This might be her most mature role, you might say. I mean, after all, this woman that she plays, she's a fine, upstanding Christian woman. Who cares deeply about important things? What's going to happen to those birds now? You tell me that. What birds? Snowy egrets. Where will they nest? Ah, uh, her beloved snowy egrets. What the hell is going on with the damn snowy egrets, you ask? What has got Vern's panties in such a twist? Well, I'll tell you. Their nesting ground is about to be torn down to build a mansion. A mansion for who, Jack Nicholson? Who, you ask? The devil! And I have to say, much like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, old Vern is the only one who sees bad things coming. What's the matter? Honey, it's only a house. Why are you so upset? I have a feeling, Clyde. The most terrible feeling. Something's happening, Clyde. Something evil. But does anyone listen to Vern? No! Do they ever? No, they really should, goddammit, because bad shit does happen. Evil is on the way. And evil's so powerful that just speaking its name aloud sends Vern for quite a downfall. 
I know, but who is he? Oh. Well, he must have a name. Yeah, I just, I just can't remember it. Drake, no, Darren, no, and an L. It's D something, R something, L. Daryl, that's it. Stop! <laughs> sound you just heard was the sound of Vern's pearl necklace breaking off of her neck, the pearl scattering all over the marble floor, just waiting for old Vern to step on them and send her tumbling down the stairs. No, I guess she's not the first girl to have her day ruined by a pearl necklace. <laughs> Van Horn. Yes. Daryl Van Horn. Daryl Van Horn? What kind of a name is that? Oh, Clyde, honey. I think I broke my leg. No, I just gotta say, I was impressed with Veronica here because, yeah, she just broke her leg. She just fell down the stairs and broke her leg in front of the entire town. And, you know, she didn't cry. She didn't snivel. She didn't go to pieces. Maybe our Veronica has finally grown up. Maybe she's grown a set of balls. Maybe she's become her own Sigourney Weaver. Because think about it for a moment. Had this been aliens or invasion of the body snatchers, Veronica would have laid there at the bottom of the stairs and said, I can't, I can't. I think I broke my leg. <laughs> the birds, they covered her. A wrong movie. Anyway, but you know what I mean. Maybe she's found this new inner strength and this film will show us a new, braver, snivel-free Veronica Cartwright. Or not. But seriously, do we want to snivel for Veronica Cartwright? No, we don't. It's nice to see these departures, but it's still good to see you still got it in you, baby. Unfortunately, we don't get to see it for the rest of the film, but we do get to see a breakdown of monumental proportions when she has this freak out in the church, no less, rubbing herself the whole time, spouting about the evils going on in that house. Horse. You know what's going on in that house? There's vice, there's perversion, shamelessness. All right. Comforting <laughs> with that devil. She's fine. She's okay. She's uh... <laughs> No. Drugs. Drugs are this. Murder. Rape. Right. Uh, right. Incest. Spanish flies. Dildos. Anal intercourse. Uh, to me. Sorry. I'm sorry, Veronica. Nobody's listening to you. Again, it's just like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. God damn it. Somebody listen to this woman. But again, they don't. And so Veronica eventually meets her demise. As is, you know, as well she should because it's what she does best. But it's like my grandmama used to say. If you're gonna go out, go out in a storm of puked up cherry pits. Get inside me, Clyde. Oh, just like a man. Ooh. Tickle, tickle, diddle, diddle. God made us into the image of goodness. Look what we've become. Yeah. Animals gone bad. Devouring the earth and each other. Take it easy, calm down. 
Get ready, here it comes. More. There's gonna be more. Hold on to the hats. I'm sorry, Clyde, but Felicia will not be calling it a day. Because that would make her Felicia Day. Ah! ah! Hilarious. This is what you tune in for, right? Yeah, so we say goodbye to Vern and the Witches of Eastwick. But while these were some of her greatest roles, they are not her only roles. Of course, she was brilliant as Jack's mom on Will and Grace. But I remember about 15 years ago, I caught on a made-for-TV movie version of Shirley Jackson's The Lottery. If you haven't read it, go back to fucking high school and read it. It's a seven-page story that is phenomenal, simple, yet absolutely horrifying, which they managed to stretch out for two fucking hours. How did they manage to do that? I'll tell you exactly how they did it. They padded it out by making it a whole love story for its stars, Carrie Russell and douchebag Dan Cortese. You know, it was them falling in love and solving the mystery of their own town, which if you know the story, it happens every fucking year. How do you not know what's going to happen? For those of you who haven't read the story, too bad I'm about to spoil it. In this little town, whoever wins the lottery gets stoned to death in the public square. Guess who wins? Personally, I was hoping it was going to be Carrie Russell just because it would have preemptively struck against her getting that goddamn haircut. She deserved to be stoned to death for even thinking about getting that haircut. But no, it's not her. Of course it's not her. That's right, it's Veronica Cartwright, and she goes down in her full glory, solidifying her as the queen of screaming, crying, and dying. And this is why I and the entire Scream Queens audience salute you today, bitch. And if you want to see an amazing movie that does not involve her screaming or crying, though she does die, there's a 1970s movie called Inserts that just came out on DVD. It was banned for a long time. It's one of those X-rated movies that's not a porno, although it's about porno. Uh, it also stars Richard Dreyfuss in this all-star cast, including Jessica Harper, or should I say Jessica Harper, Brooke Adams, Karen Allen. Callback. And Richard Dreyfuss plays this once wonderkind Hollywood director back in the 30s, and uh, you know he, he had one big, huge hit that took over the industry, and now he can't do squat. And uh, in order to make ends meet, he's making little porno shorts, which sounds like something you wear. But you know, porno, pornographic short films with this big star, Veronica Cartwright. And one of these shorts, Rough Sex for Veronica, goes a little too far. And while she doesn't get to cry, snivel, or die, she does get to shoot up a lot of heroin and do a lot of full frontal nudity. And you know what? Girl had a rockin' bod. And okay, it's the 70s, so she had the big old bush, but you know what? You cannot hold 70s bush against people in the 70s. It was customary of the time. Love her, love her big bush. I do, and so should you. So, Veronica Cartwright, congratulations on being the first ever Scream Queen Lifetime Achievement Award winner! of this momentous occasion, Veronica, I present you with this lovely brooch. Yeah, I know it was supposed to be a tiara, but I decided it's going to be a brooch. It's a brooch. Just take the fucking brooch! No tiara for you! Stop crying! You cannot work your wiles on me. Take your goddamn brooch and hit the road. Okay, bye. We love you. And I also love you.
My beloved Scream Queens audience, thank you so much for tuning in for this very special show. We'll see you all here at the awards ceremony next year, when who knows, when maybe the winner will be you. Ha! That's hilarious. Let's just shut up and dance, bitches. Yeah! Podcaster Appreciation Week, and I appreciate your podcast. 
Oh. I've only been following it for about a month or so now, maybe two months, but I have grown up on horror movies. I uh, became a special effects makeup artist, Oop. amateur, wow. mind you, mainly because of horror movies. Still as cool. And when I was 13, I got to work with the great makeup artist John Vulich, who grew up in Fresno, my hometown. And for a couple of years, he taught me everything he knew at the time. Nice. And I just had this fascination with special effects makeup, and it was really cool. It, it, it is really cool. Uh, growing up even younger than that, uh, I was a big fan of Godzilla movies. Godzilla! I was right oh. next to the Army Reserve Base, and every time that they would go out on training stuff, you know, all the <laughs> Jeeps and all the Humvees would go right by my house. And because I was so used to all that stock footage in the Godzilla movies, I'm like, oh, my God, they're going after Godzilla. Mom, Godzilla's on the loose. They're going after Godzilla. That's a totally that's natural I assumption. I love that. But I'm getting off topic. I'm calling to no, thank you for your wonderful podcast. Now you're welcome. I love listening to your reviews. I'm a little annoyed sometimes that I don't get to watch the movies that oh. you watch. And I listen to your reviews before I watch them. You're really good at not spoiling them, though. I have to, I have to say that. But I need to watch some more movies. And what I'd like to suggest is maybe yes. you could, like a few days before, you could announce what the movies are. That way, if other people have seen them, they could call in reviews, too. Uh, and you could hmm. chat with them. I don't know. Crazy talk. But I want to thank you for your show. I want to thank you for calling and supporting my show that has just recently started. Hey. You have been wonderful to listen to each week when you uh. call in. I truly appreciate it, and I appreciate you, and damn it, give me that tiara, because I am a scream queen. Hell no. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, shut up. Okay, let's get one thing and one thing straight. Well, as straight as the two of us can, but you know what I'm talking about. Just because you come waltzing over here, you know, spouting lovely, heartfelt compliments that touch me very, very deeply. Don't think for one second I'm just going to give you my tiara. Honey, if you want my tiara, you gotta come over here and take it. <clears throat> anyway, Scott, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for your ideas. Um, Scott, everybody, or Sater69, as he prefers to be called, is the host of the Satersphere podcast, uh, which you can find over at satersphere.blogspot.com. And if you don't know how to spell that... Why don't you go over and look at the links section of the Scream Queen's website. He's been there for a while because I love this show. While he does talk about horror movies, he talks about so much mo. I mean, I talk about mo than horror movies. He talks about so much mo mo that I can't even mo it. I don't know what I'm saying. He talks about computer games. He talks about musical theater. Yay! And he talks about hockey and all kinds of cool stuff, especially about his career as an actor in San Francisco. So, he's a West Coast version of me. So, if you like me, you're going to love him. He's got even more crap to talk about than I do. And plus, he just is so darn cute. I have no idea what you look like, Scott. But you're just, your demeanor is just so cute. I just want to go to San Francisco and squeeze you, squeeze you, squeeze you, squeeze you. I might not make that noise when I do it because that's just weird. As for your suggestion about um, movies, I'm sorry you don't get to see a lot of the things I talk about. But get a fucking Netflix account. God! However, I do like your idea about giving y'all a heads up about what I'm doing. Now, I've tried this in the past, and what winds up happening is that I don't get around to anything 
I tell you guys that I'm going to do. However, I'm going to give it another try. Thanks to you, Sater69. So when if, if it fails abysmally and people get hurt, your fault, not mine. I'll just say it. Sater did it. And while I love getting reviews from everybody, that's great. I love that. However, I've run into a problem with that this week because I told everybody who's following me on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that I was going to have a Netflix party to watch The Gay Bed and Breakfast of Terror. And everybody got all psyched up for it. And then at the last minute, I had to cancel because as I've been teaching from pretty much day one, a queen has the right to change his mind. And what's happened now, good old Joe from Cincinnati uses one phone call to call me from the jail where he's been incarcerated by the police women of Cincinnati has left two voicemails that I can't play because he called in a review of The Gay Bed and Breakfast of Terror. I had to stop listening to it because I said, whoa, 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 I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it yet. So now I already talked to Joe. He knows I'm not playing his stuff this week, but I feel terrible about it. So, all right, I'm going to give this a try. And if for some reason I exercise my right to change my mind and you've reviewed a movie that we didn't get to, I'm going to put off your voicemail until I have watched it. However, if you're calling in a review and I'm putting it off, that's going to really make me watch it because I'm not that mean. I'm mean, but I'm not that mean. Um, I've been talking for a really long time, so thank you so much, Cedar, for calling in. And don't worry, one of these days you're going to stump me with your musical mystery question. Not. Yeah, so I think I've made it clear that Seder here is one of my favorite gay podcasters. And that reminded me that also this week I got an email from another one of my favorite gay podcasters. This made me realize that I have been neglecting reading my email and Facebook stuff on the air here. And, you know, mostly mostly because it's just little notes every now and then and this, that, and the other thing. But you guys are sending me your love and you're saying nice things. And I realized I've been slacking and I'm going to do my best to not do that anymore. And so to start, I'm going to read this lovely email from Toppy at the Smellcast. He wrote to me a while ago. I talked about him, told you to go listen to his goddamn show, which you better have by now. Or I will find you. So he wrote me about the, uh, concerning the last super giant, mega gigantic, whatever the fuck I called it, the big long one. And Toppy says, geez, Patrick, I don't know how you did it being all sickly and all that, but even still, you really brought this mega episode home big time. Thank you, Toppy. Where did you find the energy? I don't know, but I want you to know that it was heroic and that it was much appreciated by me and I'm sure all your fans. I certainly hope so. Do you know what kind of diarrhea you get from drinking a whole case of Red Bull at once? But that's not the point right now. Anyway, topic continues. I really enjoyed the recorded theater piece, all your reviews done in your inimitable fashion, and I laughed out loud more than a couple, three, four, you get the idea times. Favorite moment, Kitty using the sandbox. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. An animal excreting behind me is the most entertaining thing about my show. Thank you. I'm not hurt. I'm not hurt. Anyway, let's get back to the email. I've also been enjoying hearing you talk more and more about your own life, which I notice you've been doing more of lately, and I hope you continue to do so. Look, it's not like we all get to live in NYC and be an actor, so it's great hearing what the life of an actor in New York City is all about. Like, here's a question from somebody out of the loop. How do you know who's holding auditions? How do you know where to go? How do you deal with rejection on on a nearly weekly slash monthly basis? Try daily baby cakes. It's daily. Well, I find it amazing that you have been able to make a living as an actor and are able and are able to swing all that you seem to do and find time to be married and raise a cat. Scream Queens is a great listen. Four exclamation points. Your pal, Toppy. Thank you, Toppy. This email came at just the right time. I was having a particularly down day. I had made some major screw-ups that I talked about earlier on in the show and I was feeling really bad about myself. 
And then poof, there you were in my box. And I'm going to leave that innuendo there. Just cause. Like a little ray of sunshine. You made me feel all warm and tingly. And uh, about doing the show when I was sick. Honestly, doing the show made me feel less sick. I could have sat in bed and felt awful. But hey, I just wanted to get through to you guys. I didn't want to get out of practice of getting stuff out to you. And it just made me feel better. So you guys were my therapy as well. I got better really quickly. Other people got sick for a really long time. But not me. I was back on my feet in no time. Uh, The recorded theater piece. I'm not sure what you meant by that. But I'm guessing the -the on-the-spot reporter that I hired to be at the uh, Megapython vs. Gatoroid premiere. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? I'll be sure to bring him back uh, for more on-the-spot spotting. Ew. And I'm glad you're enjoying all of all me talk, uh, all my babbling about what's going on in my life. You know, it has been a form of therapy. But you know, I know when I listen to an ep- when I when I listen to a podcast, I like to know a little something about who I'm listening to. And you know, if I let you guys in a li- sorry, the steam heat kicked in. Steam heat. If I let you guys in a little, I let you guys in a lot. I'm gonna leave that innuendo sitting there. Because once I start talking about Mr. Brad and the cats, all of a sudden I'm getting emails talking about, oh, tell me more about Mr. Brad. Tell me more about the cats. And I like it. And I'm glad you guys like it too. Well, I'm glad you. I don't know about the rest of you fuckers, but I'm glad you, Toppy, like it. And as uh, your question about um, how I find out about auditions and stuff, there are many ways. You have to kind of be, not a detective, but you got to, the main resource is a, a trade paper called Backstage. Uh, for New York, anyway. Uh, there's other ones in L.A., like Variety, but they also have backstage. Or they list all the various auditions. It's mostly stage. There's some film and stuff in there. You can find out online. There's certain websites you can go to. You could go to the union offices. Um, but ideally, you're getting sent out on stuff by an agent or manager or called in by a casting director. And that's just – that's I could go on and on about the biz of the biz, which nobody seems to understand, including myself. But it's all a dance, and it's a party, and you just got to keep a smile on your face and enjoy it for what it is. And as for rejection, it's not even so much you have to have a thick skin. You just got to learn how to view things in a different light. Once you've been doing this for a while, you kind of realize when you don't get cast in something, it almost has every time has nothing to do with you. Or, Or I should say about your talent. What it has to do with is stuff that's completely out of your control. You're just not what they're looking for physically. You know, your hair's the wrong color. You're the wrong height. You're the wrong eye color. You remind them of someone they went to high school with. Or just stuff that you can't change. Stuff you can do nothing about. So it's something you can't worry about it. So I just look at it as a time to go in. I do my thing. I say hi to everybody. It's my chance to have a three-minute play, so to speak, by myself. I walk in and say, hi, welcome to my audition. In my head, of course. And just not view it as a high-pressure, get-me-a-job situation. It's just saying, introducing yourself to the industry people. And a lot of times when you get cast in something, it's not even from your audition. It's from an audition you had like six months ago. Somebody remembers you and said, hey, I liked him. He's just what we're looking for. Because, God, if you, do not, if you don't change your mindset, you are going to go bonkers. And you're going to be back on the bus, back to wherever the fuck you came from in no time. And I say, by all means, go. Less competition for me. I mean... Have a safe trip. As for making a living as an actor, I don't know about that. I'm doing what I can. But I do swing everything, and I'm swinging more all the time. That I, You know what? You're just bringing out the innuendos, baby. And um, I don't raise a cat. I raise two. And as Tom from the Ramble Redhead Show, another one of my favorite gay podcasters, he so nicely said, one more, and we're lesbians. Well, now I'm depressed. Thank you for writing in, Toppy. And, oh, you can find Toppy at the Smellcast 
at smellcast.wordpress.com or you can go click on the link on the Scream Queens webpage, and that's Queens with a Z. Either way, get yourself some smell. I also got an email from Chuck in Oklahoma City, who I haven't heard from in a while, which is great. I thought maybe, I don't know, he got whipped down the plains like people do in Oklahoma. I, I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, he wrote and said, Patrick, great show as always. Can't get enough. Always hilariously funny stuff. Dangerous to listen to while driving. Well, yes, I should probably put a warning on it. But I have a question for you. How come you're not covering some of the new horror, the new horror movie theatrical releases that have come out recently? Movies like The Right and The Roommates. I'd love to hear your take on them. Love you, squeeze you, mean it. Chuck. Chuck. Come on. Seriously? The Roommate? If you need me to tell you that that movie is going to suck, then you've got problems. I... I, I I've already seen single white female. I don't need to see this without the boobs. I mean, I, I, what, I, I, if nobody's getting in a suitcase, I'm not going to be interested because that's my favorite part of single white female. But come on. Girl, if you've been thinking about that movie, I'm going to come up to Oklahoma City and I'm going to, well, I'm going to do a lot of things to you, but that's not the point. And the right, honey, I just know better. Anything, I mean, it's common knowledge that all theatrical movies that get released between January and, say, the Oscars, it's it's a wasteland. It's a dumping ground. It's all the movies that they don't know what to do with. That they didn't trust for summer blockbuster or any other time. So it's crap season. If it comes out in this period, it's probably crap. And if it's not, you'll hear about it really quickly. Because everyone, because there's nothing playing right now. Nomeo and Juliet, suck my ass. Anyway, thank you for writing in, Chuck. I always enjoy hearing from you. And now that i found out you're another redhead. Okay, moving on. Uh, there's one more thing I wanted to mention that was uh, that came in on Facebook, and unfortunately, I forgot who sent it to me, and I'm so embarrassed. I think it was g- my good friend, Baby Girl Minxie, and if it wasn't you, I'm sorry, but she wrote regarding uh, me and Brad appearing on Kitchen Nightmares, and she was like, oh my goodness, that was, you know, she watched the show, and she's like, oh my goodness, that was so horrible, and it was even worse. After I watched it, I had nightmares that whole night, where Brad and I were dressed up as Nurse Ratchet. And forcing her to eat there. And all of a sudden, I was like, wow. Me and Brad in naughty nurse uniforms. All of a sudden, we're in a bad 80s heavy metal video. And I kind of liked it. Yee. Next call. Let's listen to a phone call. Hey, Patrick. It's your old pal, Zombart <gasps> with a Z. Zombart! Um, yeah, I know I haven't called in a while. I've had a lot of life kind of stuff going on, so... Zombardi, sorry, you tardy. No, that's okay. Um, that's okay. Life crap. I just finished watching a movie that you totally told me not to watch, um, Dark House. Ooh. Um, I'm not going to go into it here. Um, it was bad. I told you. For a second, I thought it was going to be good. So did like, I. Kind of good that I like, but you don't like. But no, it just it just got worse, and then it got like ridiculously like everyone's trying to do their worst. Bill Shatner type of impression, just crazy. She's still there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it is to last, uh, if nothing else. But I love Jeffrey Combs, even when he is chewing the scenery really, really bad. But, yeah, sorry I haven't been calling. Um, sorry, everyone out there. I, I have been wrapped up trying to watch this damn Survivor show for Mailer Zombies, like I listened to the latest episode. Jeff Probst? Up on, 
lots of my reality TV, including watching this new Face Off show, which I'd love to hear your opinion on Face Off. Oh, well, we'll get ready. Network, sports network. <laughs> um, it's the uh, Top Chef slash, you know, makeup show. Um, lots of stuff with Rocky Horror. Um, I've been trying to woo this new girl. She's amazing. Um, and also, I've been reserving my hotel room Ooh. for Horror Hound Weekend. What? Yeah, I'm going to be there. Oh, score. <laughs> I know you wanted to have a nice romantic getaway with Bradford. And oh, the fuck that. Zombie gang, as romantic as that is. But, yeah, I'm going to be there, too. So I'll be able to harass you guys. And I'll yes. be able to harass uh, my yellow zombie family. And we'll be, all go and make fun of the splatter cast. And, you know, whatever. Oh, that's, that's, you know, that's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be quite the epic weekend, as it turns out. I'm, I'm driving Always down is. with uh, some of my Rocky friends, and I think he's going to be Frankenfurter all day. Hmm. So you'll see me. I'll be the zombie walking next to the tranny. Um, <laughs> and I'm also coming down with uh, my friend uh, uh, Flo Frank from the Monster Madhouse TV show because they're having the big monster, uh, you know, the horror, horror host. Horror host. They did that last thing. year, too. It was awesome. And apparently, as a tribute to Zachary the uh, the cool ghoul, one of the Who original away, yes. horror hosts. Mm-hmm. They're going to do a, a recreation of the Marx Brothers. Um, I believe it was a scene from Night of the Opera where they had uh, everyone was stuffed into a little tiny room. Yes. And then you open yes. the door and everyone pours out. Well, they're going to recreate it using all horror hosts. Was it? So okay. Okay. This, this is kind on. of a scoop because I heard this from from him, and it sounds like it's going to be an amazing thing. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do, and I hope they make the video available because to watch all those horror hosts all crammed together will, will be utter hilarious and probably worth the trip alone, especially now that Dario Argento is not going to be there. Yeah, what a dick. Um, but, hey, everyone else will be. So, yeah, just thought I'd uh, let you guys know I'm going to be there. So that's it. I look forward to seeing you and spanking you. Bye. Uh, wh- uh, what? Oh, Zombart. Ooh, you better be careful, because haven't you figured out by now that these cheeks were made for spanking? And that's just what they'll do. And one of these days, these cheeks are going to spank all over me. That just is gross. Forget I said that last part. Zombart, I'm so glad you called in. I was getting worried about you. I don't know what could have happened to you, but I'm glad you're okay. I understand life stuff. I've been going through enough of it myself, so I completely understand that is cool. I'm sorry about Dark House. I hope he didn't pay for it, but yeah, it just, it, it, you, you think that, oh, I can't think of his name, the uh, reanimator guy, is going to make it worth your while, and it does for about five minutes, and then you just keep hoping it's going to get better, but no, it just keeps getting worse. So that's a letter, uh, it's a lesson for the rest of you, all you new listeners. <laughs> lesson one, a queen has the right to change his mind. Lesson two, always listen to me. Number three, I forgot. Anyway, <laughs> I'm loving Face Off. I'm having such a great time watching it. Now, I've heard some complaints on the Twitter from certain individuals that say, oh, yeah, it's okay, but, you know, it's just your standard reality show. I'm like, yeah, it's just your standard reality show where they turn people into bugs and, and paint nude people into the walls and 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 make monsters and just do awesome stuff. Yeah, 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 it's just like Jersey Shore. Fuck you! Okay, granted, it follows the Project Runway format. You said Top Chef. I'm saying Project Runway because they have the build things. Project Runway format. But you know what? I'm having a great time. My problem with it is that the judges are on the crack pipe, in my opinion. Yeah! 
Yeah, it's it all started last week. Well, I don't know when you're going to listen to this, but the week before last, at this time, when they were making their, their horror movie Villains. Yeah, and they awarded it to that guy who made the teddy bear man. Because that was not one of my favorites. He didn't have a story with it. He was like, yeah, he's just like a stunted kid, you know, stunt because his childhood, and he's got teddy bear on his face. I'm like, he's, he's Leatherface in stupid clothes. It didn't work for me. He had a yo-yo as a weapon. I didn't think it looked good. I didn't think the story was good. I didn't think anything of that fucking evil doll, though. Oh, gosh, it was bad enough with the first mask, but when she took it off and there was the evil face under, oh, God, I love the story behind it. I love the tagline. Daddy's dirty little secret has come out to play, or whatever the fuck it was. I loved that. She was robbed. She was robbed, and it happened again this week with the bridal uh, gender switch thing because when whoever it was that won, it was Connor and whatever that girl's name is who's a loser, they came out and we were like, eh. Because the groom still looked like a woman and didn't look very good, but the bride, I said, her face is all one color. Like, there was this, this was a black couple and her face had been made up so black against the white dress, it looked weird and it was one tone. I didn't see any shading and they kept talking about her beauty makeup. I said, if she did beauty makeup, it's not reading on camera. And guess what? Special effects are for camera. Ah! But hopefully with the other girl, Joe, who I liked being sent home, the vagina wars might stop for a while or Megan's vagina is just going to go insane. It'll be like the vagina that swallowed Los Angeles. I mean, besides the Kardashians. Anyway, face off. I like it. Watch it on the Siffy channel. That's sci-fi to the uncool. Oh, yeah, and Frank sucked. Glad you're gone, bitch. You give Queens a bad name. The Borough, not me. Why you give me a bad name too? Because I shut up. He's gone. Oh, and I'm so glad you're pitching the woo to someone. And I love that the you used the word woo when you described it because woo is one of my favorite words because it's not just a verb; it's a sound effect. Fallen horribly out of fashion, and it needs to come back. And I think you, Zombart, just led the revival of woo. Minus the who. Oh, and I'm all, it's awesome that you're coming to Hard Home Weekend. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And clearly, I'm not hiding it. But I am just burning doing the Neutron Dance. But yeah, it'll be great hanging out and doing all that stuff. But honestly, Zombart, ganging up to make fun of the Splattercast, isn't that kind of like ganging up to make fun of kids the Special Olympics? It's just not fair. It's not nice. They've got problems. And they smell funny. And I think it's great you're coming with the folks from Rocky, and I say more power to you. Tranny, who's coming as a Frankenfooter, and going to be walking around in those fucking heels all day. More power to you, because that place gets so crowded. I hope she doesn't get knocked off her heels, because a girl can break her wig doing that. And this Zachary tribute, I'm intrigued how this is going to work. And I know a lot of you straight folk, okay, no, not just the straight folk, are going to be dreaming about being crammed all tied up in that room with Ms. Monster. And if you don't know who she is, go look her up. But you know what? I took back the straight part because personally, I would love to be crammed up with Ms. Monster because she's freaking awesome. Am I blue? Am I blue? And fuck Dario Argento. You haven't put out a good movie in I don't know how long and now you skip out on Horror Hound Weekend and really the rest of the lineup is like... So I'm glad all y'all are going to be there. 
Because that's always what makes it awesome anyway, is the folks, the friends that you meet along the way. I'm really musical with you tonight, Zombert. What's that about? What's that about? I don't know what that's about either. Uh, but they did replace him, I don't know if you heard, with Corey Feldman. Yay. At least we'll know where to score our Coke. Coca-Cola. I would just be looking out if I was him, because based on the track record with Corey's at Harhound Weekend, it's not good. It's not good. So if he plans an impromptu bongo concert, I think we need to have an intervention. For those of you who don't know, Corey Haim was a guest at Harham Weekend a few years ago, just before he died, and he was a, he, it was it was the whole he, just an a hole. No, he was a douche the whole weekend. And to crown off the douche, Jim, on Saturday night in the hotel lobby, he had an impromptu bongo concert. And I wish I could make it up. And if you don't believe me, go Google go Google it. Go search for it on YouTube. And look for me in the videos. It's me. I'm there. I'm still mad. I'm still mad that Uncle Randy from Drunken Zombie did not hoist me up onto his shoulders so that I could flash Corey Haim my boobies. And now I'll never get that chance. Maybe I can make up for it with Corey Feldman. I always like Corey Feldman better anyway. Corey Haim never shut his mouth. He always he did. He always had that hanging. He always said that the garage door was always open. I hated that. I hated that. I'm sorry he's dead. But you know what? I didn't like you. And your mouth. It looked like you had bad breath. There, I said it. Oh, my God. When I start talking about dead Corys, it is time to wrap this puppy up. But before I go, some of you might have noticed that on the webpage, www.screamqueens.com, that's queens with a Z, that I have added a donate button. Now, I'm not giving any subtle hints, but just so you guys know, so you know what's going on on this side of the uh, internet, I guess. As you know, Brad and I are heading to Harhound Weekend in Indianapolis, um, weekend of March 26th. And we're planning on unveiling a huge marketing push at the convention. Well, I'm basically trying to expand the audience base and get the message of the Scream Queens out to even more of you. And also, to start getting merchandise out to you. know, make some t-shirts and cool thingamahoozies and whatnots and maybe tiaras. Nah. But you know what I mean. If you can help out, you would be so awesome. I'm not begging for donations. I'm just letting you know that that donate button is there. You know, being a stubborn Taurus, I'm not one to ask for help when I need it. But help queen out. And since Scott from the Satosphere suggested it, I'm going to let you know what I definitely plan on doing next week. I will definitely be covering the Gay Bed and Breakfast of Terror, which is available on Netflix Instant Watch. Joe from Cincy's already phoned in his reviews. Maybe you can phone in yours. And I'm also going to be covering a movie called Chain Letter. Now, this is a crapshoot selection. So you can watch it at your own risk. I have no idea if it's good or not. I don't want to hear you crying when it's not. Well, maybe I do. If you're going to cry, make it funny, damn it. I laugh at your tears. And remember, you can always contact me here at the show by dropping me a line at crew at screamqueens.com. And of course, that's Queens with a Z. Blah, 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 blah. We know that already. Or you can call at 347-767-3509. You can like me on Facebook and you can follow me on Twitter. And by the way, you better be following me on Twitter at screamqueens, not my other name, because that's how you're going to find out about the secret Xbox, Netflix viewing parties, and all kinds of giveaways in the future. So if you're not following me there, you're just looking at my ass. This is fun, too. I digress. So until next time, kidlets, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, What the hell are you all looking at me for? I already said something funny. Bye. So go, we should roll.
Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com. Bitches! <laughs>